The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan, we call me the idea guy. Most because lack of follow-through guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate covered to prove it. Mr. Joey Ray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, my brother. Man, we've got a, a topic that if you're not into the infinite banking world, the becoming your own banker space, you may not want to listen to the rest of this. This is going to get very detailed, very quick. But if you are, and you've wondered what's happening with interest rates and how is that impacting both my insurance policies that I've got loans against or will have loans against, or if I have taken out a line of credit against a, a bank for these things, what should I do now? By the way, Russ, can I just say before we get into the meat of this, if you're not on the infinite banking train, why the heck not? I mean, what are you waiting on? This is literally the path to financial freedom. If you're not on it, figure it out. Get on a call with one of these coaches. Go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call and get down the path. Okay. Get going. Anyway. Right. That's the sidebar. That's well, the sidebar. Well, well, first, let, let's do that. I, I think if you're not into infinite banking, it's because you haven't heard of it or you don't understand how it will help you. You don't know why having access to your cash is the biggest obstacle to becoming financially free. And we've seen it over the last 20 years of helping people implement not only this concept, but help them become financially free. We know that limiting your access to cash is a guaranteed way to stay on the retirement bandwagon of Wall Street. If you want to get off of that, you want to jump to the front of the line instead of staying at the back of the line, this is a tool, just a tool, not the only thing, it's not a silver bullet, but a tool that can help you get access to your cash so then you can start buying assets to produce passive income. Okay, now, for all of those who understand IBC, you're like, yes, Joey, why are we covering this topic? Why is it so important? Well, I mean, l let's face it. At the end of the day, this is one of those things that people are having a lot of questions about. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of variation in the market. And it just makes start, people start to wonder, hey, I set this line of credit up for a reason. Is it still valid? Is there some reason why I should consider not doing it? And I think that those sort of questions, we need to go ahead and answer those. Give a lot of different perspectives so that you can relate or not with those and then make your own wise decision. Like, what is it, what's going to be the best choice for you? And I think at the end of the day, like right now, you may be wondering, like, how does this affect my debt to income ratio? 
because I mean, I'm just going back from the old school days, the mortgage days, people trying to qualify for a new home, everything gets considered, right? My car loan, my house, but if I have another house and buy a second home, whatever the case is, credit cards, they all have an effect on if I can qualify for the next mortgage loan. And debt to income ratio is a big deal. Well, if I've got this line of credit against my insurance policies, do they use the interest expense that I have to pay for that against my debt to income? And I think we need to we need to answer questions just as simple as that uh, on today's show. Just as simple as that. That seems super simple. I mean, I think most people were like, yes, I love talking about debt to income ratios. Could you even just tell me one more time, debt to income ratios and amortization schedules and it's my love language. I mean, credit scores and I mean, like underwriting, like what else sort of mortgage information can you give us? Let's geek out, you know, let's do it. I would say this is that I think there's a few people that have asked the question, is this really becoming your old bank? If you are borrowing against a bank against these life insurance policies, right? Fair question. I think our mentor Nelson Nash would maybe throw his nose up at us for doing this, right? Like he would be squirming for sure. Yeah. I mean, aren't we trying to solve for the finance function of our our life, and who's playing the banker in your life? So, fair question. I think we should talk about that as we go along. But first. We're not the only ones here, are we, Stallion? No. No, Thank I got you. the dream team of financial coaches here. To my left, I got the retiree of the group. Mr. Catch Me If You Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna, he's dropping gold nuggets right here. The one and only, Mark Carguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. I, I'm always curious when you start down that road, where am I on the digital table? Because I, I never know if I'm on your left, am I, am I two seats down, am I three seats down? You know, did did, did, I, did I get in before the bend? Uh, you're always you're always up and to the left for me, man. You're always up in that northwestern <laughs> quadrant. <laughs> the Pacific Northwestern quadrant. Thank you. That's correct. <laughs> this is a cool one, Russ. I, I like this because this question has actually started coming up quite frequently. But one, one of the things of, you know, why is this an important topic to talk about now is, hey, maybe you're just starting your infinite bank journey, right? You're, you're, you're digging into passive income, you're moving down that road. And so maybe you're, you're newer to IBC. And the question becomes, is this collateralization function, is this collateralizing my cash value at a bank? Is this something I do now or is this something I do later? Mm. And I mean, there, there's really only one answer. Right. It depends. Depends. Somebody owes me five bucks because I got oh, it. Okay. <laughs> I knew you're gonna say that. I knew you're gonna say that. And man, we gotta we gotta bring in the the intellect in the room here. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we we have a need for a doctor, and he is a DFM. That's a doctor of financial medicine, and yes, he can resuscitate your financial situation. Still not, not still dial nine one one in case of emergency. But let's bring in Mr. Automated Budget himself, Eric Tutson. Great to have you on, Eric. Right hey, and Russ, I can't believe you keep asking me to come back. So excited to be here. I'm just sitting over here looking like this. Mm. Happy to be a part. In the in the southeastern quadrant of my screen today. Hey, we have gone from one extreme to the other. Hey, I, that's what I felt like. I mean, so Eric, we're talking about 
the, the subject of interest rates rising. We've taken loans against life insurance policies. And some of us have taken those and borrowed against a bank uh, money to do that. Why do you think this is an important topic for us to be covering today? Well, it's very important for the same reason uh, I got on my scale right after Thanksgiving. And before Thanksgiving, I had this beautiful number that was actually, Russ, below 200 pounds, which was amazing. And I just felt so good and comfortable in that I had a one in front of my weight. Amazing number. After Thanksgiving, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it was no longer a one. It had risen, right? Mm -hmm. And it jumped up on me. And interest rates have done the same thing. Seemingly, it feels like overnight. March of 2020, the prime interest rate, Russ, was around three and a quarter percent. That sucker is sitting at about eight and a half percent right now. So really an extreme jump. And if and if you had a lilac and weren't borrowed from the insurance company, you have probably seen interest rates change along with the interest rate you're paying change along with the prime rate. Yeah, you have. And I think a lot of times maybe as we get into this conversation, what was the purpose of doing these? I think maybe that may come up as far as interest rates changing, uh, both being low and high is a reason why we are doing one thing over another. But the fact that rates have risen, we need to talk about that. Now what? What do we do? And I, I think also the last thing we probably should touch on today is the long-term outlook because we have a perspective, right? And we need to share that. I think that dictates why we're doing certain things. So if you're interested in this subject matter, we're going to make sure we give you lots of insight. We're going to tell you about what the current interest rates are, different insurance companies. We'll talk about what the interest rates are at these banks and why we're doing all these things. We're going to do that right after this intro. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Okay, Stallion, let's tackle this big meaty topic, but let's make sure we specifically stay on why we're using these lines of credit or not using them anymore as it relates to our, our purpose. What are we trying to accomplish? So for you, what was the purpose of the life insurance line of credit in the first place that made you want to even consider using it? So I'm, I'm a convenience just... I mean, hog, like junkie, it, it junkie at a hundred percent. The, the older I get, the more and more I'm willing to pay for convenience. And at the end of the day, when you start having policies with four or five different companies and there's four or five different policies at each company, you start to get really confused when it comes down to, Hey, I need a hundred thousand dollars for this next investment. Where am I going to get it from? Well, I could go get it from this policy, but that one's got 76,000 available. And then I've got to go to this one. It's got 54,000 available. So I'm going to take some from this, some from that. And then when the payments come back, where do they go to? Well, they go 
into the checking account, but then which loan do I pay back first? But the line of credit for me simplifies life. I put all policies into it. They're all collateralized by this one line of credit. It gives me one location to borrow from for the next investment and one location to pay back as those investments start to roll back in there. And it also gives me a checkbook access I didn't have before. So I can immediately write a check for whatever the case may be or wire straight from it. This is a convenience play all day for me. That's why I started it. And yeah, that's the purpose for me. All right. What about you? Let's go. Well, enough about me for a second. Let's 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 ask Mark. I, I, want, I want to get the retiree in the group. You know, I know it's it's getting close to to nap time. Let, let's let's get him in before he has to go on a, another tr- fishing trip. Mark, what was the purpose for the line of credit for you? As a pilot, I feel like Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast. I want to go fast. I want to go fast. And so, check this out. Here's a little fun fact for you. If you didn't know. If you're from this, or if, if you've ever been to the state of Hawaii, or if you live in the state of Hawaii, the only way a bank can work in the state of Hawaii is it has to be chartered in the state of Hawaii. So there's no B of A, there's no uh, Chase, there's no big box banks in Hawaii. Well, when you're taking out a loan against your life insurance contract, and they're sending you a check, when you try to have that deposited, even if it's electronically into your bank, if you live in the state of Hawaii and you have a bank account in the state of Hawaii, they're going to hold that. So not only are you waiting the handful of days for the life insurance company to initiate the loan, but now I had to wait another handful of business days for the bank to feel like a cashier's check from the mainland was actually legit. Because let's face it, people in Hawaii, we don't necessarily trust you mainlanders. So it's, it's a little sketchy at times. Yeah. Hey, there's reason had some bad experiences in the past, so we, we just got to qualify that. So I said, man, I've got to find something faster than this. So when I moved up to the mainland, I got a big box bank. Well, now all of a sudden, I, I, I shaved off that handful of days that the state of Hawaii banks were holding on to me, but I was still having time working against me. And when you lose a deal because you don't have cash on the day that you need the deal, if you choose to repeat that, then you've truly failed. And so I lost a deal because I had... I had timing working against me and I said, I'm never going to get myself in this spot again. The collateralization of a life insurance contract cash value at a bank was just so happening at that moment. I couldn't wait to get in there because now all of a sudden I have cash instantaneously. I can do wires out of my uh, line of credit that I have at the bank. I can put money in there on the same day. So the speed and efficiency of my operation went through the roof. And as a pilot, it's all about speed. It's all about efficiency. And so that was that was the driver for me. Speed, efficiency, convenience. How about for you, Eric? What was your purpose? My initial purpose, I um, mainly invest rest in more longer-term deals. So I don't have an enormous amount of money moving in and out of my LILAC account or potentially my life insurance loans. And so my initial purpose when I set up a LILAC for my account was because at the time there was a better interest rate. So it was a simple, it was simple math for me. It wasn't that I needed the movement of the money. It was really just simple math based on the interest rate. Now I will tell you that as the interest rate rose, I um, decided to go back to a loan with a life insurance company because the interest rate there was lower. So 
for me, it was only about one thing primarily. It was interest rate driven. And that's that's really been basing my decisions 100% as I continue to bolt on IBC systems there will become more of a need for simplicity. I have two IBC systems now. And at some point, Russ, they, um, the ease of use factor is going to outweigh the couple basis points or the couple points even of an interest rate to make that move. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a cost versus convenience conversation here. And, th and this topic I, made me think of it because one of our passive income masterminds members reached out to me and just was having a conversation with another friend. They were talking about this and they, they asked that question like, Hey, what should I be doing here? Why? And I, I think we started talking about some of that conversation. So I, I am, if you're watching on YouTube, right, there's a benefit to seeing us live, not really seeing Joey live, but you get a kind of an inside look to some of the things sometimes we show on the screen. And, and so I, I put together just a simple spreadsheet to talk a little bit and to show the differences between different insurance companies, interest rates, and what we're seeing now at banks. So you're seeing most of the insurance companies here, interest rates are, are somewhere in the fives, right? We got a couple that have kind of risen above that uh, and some of them that were, have been fixed at that. But for the most part, they're in the fives. But yet what we've seen, as you mentioned a second ago, Eric, is that we've seen prime rate, the short-term rates move very quickly. So insurance companies move very slow, both their payments, right? The, the the dividends and all of that is based on long-term rates as well as their interest rates. They're charging a loans. very slow to move. So we'll see those slowly starting to inch up, but nothing like what we saw in short-term rates at banks, right? Borrowing rates immediately went up. So we see that at banks right now. You see, if you're borrowing money at a bank against your life insurance um, um, policies and cash values, you've got rates in the eights. Right. So r rates move a lot of different ways. Like for me though, like when I, I think about, well, what was the real benefit for me in this whole process? It was to facilitate and implement the passive income operating system. You've maybe heard Joey and I talk about that on the, the podcast ads. We say the passive income operating system has been the game changer for us to really be able to move freely with our money, but also to remove the middle hurdle, right? Sometimes just having to do something, the obstacle of uh, procrastination jumps right in front of everything else because they're like, oh, I don't want to have to move money from this account to that account and then to do this. And it ends up getting stuck in our checking accounts. Well, for me, the reason that I utilize the life insurance line of credit is because I then got to increase the ability for me to implement the passive income operating system. I can move all of my money into it. I can pay insurance premiums. I can start uh, and doing the investment stuff that Joey and I were doing. It's easy that I can give that bank account to the different um, operators and sponsors, the deals that we're invested in. They can put those deposits right in there. And then when it comes tax time, right, I can just write a check right out of that account. It made this whole process become really simple for me. And for me, that's a way to save money. That's the purpose. But we, we've got more than just that. We've got to talk about now rates have risen, right? And I, I don't know if everybody on this panel is, has continued to keep them. I think I know that all of us 
initially uh, set up a line of credit, but now that rates have risen, now what? So Eric, for you, rates have risen. What are you doing? Yeah, I simply did the math for me. As I mentioned, I'm in long-term deals. And so it made sense for me to move from a lilac back to the insurance company loan to save for that um, three interest rates uh, percentage, three percent interest rate ish percentage. And so that was really, really easy to do. I was able to fill out a form with the insurance company. Um, the the bank that I used for my lilac M and M, you know, they helped me fill that out and. I took a loan from the insurance company. They paid off my lock. Now my loan is back with the insurance company. The inverse is also true. Very simple to do. Fill out a form with the lock, the bank, and the, they do all the back-end work, the collateral assignments, and they can even take over a loan that you have currently with the insurance company. So very easy to move back and forth if you need to, and that's exactly what I did. So there, was there any penalties for you to close down that line? No penalty at all. Okay. And, and roughly from start to finish, whenever you were closing that down, how long did it take? It probably took, uh, I didn't see much of that. It took me 30 minutes to fill out the form. And it was just, I, I would have to say a week, three days. It was very fast. Okay. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the passive income operating system, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income it makes all the steps come together if you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener we've never given this away in public before go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash p-i-o-s there was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying pop quiz day why because you were unprepared are you unprepared though for financial freedom don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. I mean, I think that's important to know, right? Like, regardless, if you're looking at, you know, starting an insurance uh, line of credit, then how long does it take to set up? A week or two, typically. How, if you were wanting to get out of it, how long does it take? You know, a week or two, probably typically. I think that's good information to have. How about for you, Mark? Now, now what? Interest rates are rising. A luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. And so for, for me, the, the speed and efficiency is what drew me in. The interest rate was a nice add-on. But while inside of that, I, I know you guys have created a, a PIOS, but I created a, a MIOS, uh, a Mark Income Operating System, as soon as I set up my collateralization. And it's, it, it, it's the same thing. And I found a way to move the money in such a fashion that it was so much easier for me to keep track of it. It was so much easier for me to do accounting purposes. Um, I'm not a tax professional. This is not tax advice. But when I structure my loans from myself to my business in a certain fashion with the supervision of my tax professional, we're able to have that be a business expense. So all of a sudden, the expense from the bank no longer feels like a heavy burden. It's a cost of doing business. And it's frankly, it's kind of a luxury. It's a convenience fee. 
And so uh, I've, I've used this with a lot of the people I've worked with. And if you've worked with me, you've heard me say this, it's, it's a sanity tax. I would go crazy trying to manage all these policies, all these loans, all that bookkeeping, all that uh, interest accounting. It would drive me nuts. And so for me, the cost benefit analysis is there. And so it works. It makes sense. I can move everything. I can keep track of it. And so I'm staying where I am right now. Um, but that's not to say that I'm not evaluating as things rise. If, if interest rates get high enough, conceivably, there could become a point where if you run the math, it might actually be cheaper for me just to pull, decollateralize, and just eat the in interest cost from the insurance company because the write-off wouldn't match the savings. And so that that is a factor. Would you mind the, the, ex describing for us or maybe even showing us potentially the the myos as you call it like i think it's it's important like if we're looking at this you you've been doing this at such a high level like try if you get a chance to spend time with one of these coaches you gain so much like you can compress years into minutes by being able to borrow experience so i i think mark what you've been able to create has completely transform your ability to become financially free four times over or whatever it is. Not quite four. We're working on that one. 2024 is new year. If you're able to watch this on, on YouTube, what you can see here is, you know, if, if I've got a policy here, I've got a policy here. Well, previously I would have to initiate loans from each of them independently. And then that would then go out to a business, which would then go get an asset. And then now that money would be flowing backwards and I would have to keep track of where it needed to go back. Well, one policy, maybe not that big a deal, two policies, okay, you could probably do it. But as you start to gain and grow, the complexity becomes such that it might behoove you to consider how can I simplify my world? Well, what if you can collateralize it all in one house? And now it just becomes one pot that you can draw from. And now that one pot, whichever one it comes out of, it doesn't matter. It's all one grouping. And now that can move through the exact same flow that we had before, but we've taken out some of the complexity. We've taken out a few extra steps. It, it, it's like using the GPS in your car and figuring out a shortcut. Wow, that's awesome. Why didn't I know about this before? And so now everything can just flow back the way that it came. And that became really helpful. The other thing that was helpful, this was just a side benefit, is now as you have multiple, as you grow and scale your businesses, well, what if you can set up automatic sweeping? What if you can set up a system so that only certain amounts of cash are left over in your accounts before they automatically move to, say, a holding company? And then that holding company can come to you, and then you go back, however you want to structure it. The crux of this is it took multiple branches and then broke it down into one simple format, which was a lot easier for me to keep track and monitor. And so that's why I like doing this. Well, I think the, the key is it's just creativity, right? Nelson talked about this concept was a, a process in logic, prophecy, reason, and imagination. Like you can create, right, anything. So you were sort of thinking through, man, I could have an account where this money gets swept into it. I don't allow it to sit in anything. And now I start pushing money faster and faster. For me, that that to me is, even with higher interest rates, 
I know that money sitting in my checking account is dead money. That money is not earning interest. That money will cost me money because just like everything, I become the bottleneck. If I have to be physically the one to move it, it's going to struggle. And I, I know from a deductibility standpoint, right? Like my accountant's going to say, Russ, yes, if you use money to invest in things or you put it in your business, anything that normally would be deductible, if you borrowed money from any place, give me the interest and I'll help write that off against your taxes. Every time he would ask me about that for the insurance company, and as I gained past the one, two, three policies, now I'm at 28 Right, that's just a hassle. That's just not something I'm not going to stay on the phone and be like, okay, can you tell me what, because it'll send you a statement for the insurance policy for the year. That's not the way it works. They send it for the policy anniversary year. Now, if I'd been smart enough to think about that at the beginning, I would have started every single insurance policy on January the 1st. <laughs> and then I, I'd always get the statement and I'd just be able to hand it to them. But that's not what I did, right? I only have one insurance policy that started in January. So, I just like that just became a bottleneck for me. So the deductibility factor became much easier because I could just go to the lot of credit that I took only loans against for investment purpose or business purpose and handle that statement with the, how much it was. And he's like, great, thank you. So that's just like, whew. I mean, the, the, what can I be doing with those hours? Not having to do that research. My, my cost per hour is pretty high. So for me, I could offset the cost of higher interest rates by not having to go through all of those mental gymnastics. But I, I, I do want to put this out there because, you know, to me, this is not a should you do it, yes or no, because everybody's situation is different. It does depend. One of the things that I would say is a con to this whole process is that we have all these insurance policies. They're the, the, we're putting the, uh, we're creating premiums for them at different parts of the year. And my line of credit does not increase automatically, right? My, my line of credit against the cash values only increases when I let the bank know that the cash values have increased. And they only usually want to let me do that once or twice a year. So there's times where technically I don't have access to certain cash values. Now, I'm not bordering up against ever needing every dollar that's in there, but there is a process. I have to do it where... Our insurance policies, if we have no loans or any liens against them, it doesn't matter, right? I pay a premium, instantly become access uh, to that uh, cash value, and I can take a loan against it. So there there are pros and cons there. Stallion, how about you? Rates have gone up. Now what? Uh, be honest with you, Russ. You're very clear. You just say, hey, I have 28 life insurance policies. I don't even know how many I have right now, if that tells you anything. I don't even know how to log in to all of the different companies that I do have. Uh, passwords are my nemesis. Uh, I literally, uh, I hate them. However, so all that leads to the reason I'm bringing that up. I can't afford not to do the line of credit at this point. I have, you know, someone on our team that manages getting that updated with the with the bank. They send all the cash values up there. I know it's being done and I have one login. That's it. My line of credit. And I, send money back and forth. And it is a beautiful thing. I could not, it literally, for many of the reasons you've already mentioned, losing out on deals. If I had to go to each individual policy right now, there's not a deal I would ever invest in. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm just saying this to me, I can't afford not to do it. And just think, 
you would have never been able to have invested in 100unicorns.com. Thank you, Mark. You know, if there's no other reason than that, I'm winning. Oh, my goodness. Well, Joey, years ago, did a YouTube video on how to how how premiums should equal income and that's a, a question that comes out of Nelson Nash's book I believe it's on page 48 in the Become Your Own Baker book of how premiums should equal income and people would ask us practically how how do you do that right like is that possible and it and just for the record I would ask Nelson that question and he would never answer directly his whole premise behind it was to create imagination. How, how can you think differently? How can you see other opportunities, whether you obtain it or not, if you're striving to get more access to your cash, you're winning. We see that regularly. And Joey, though, you did a great YouTube video years and years ago before we even had this set up of how to do it. We just using this system made it way more efficient, right? And made it come to life so much easier which was really the V1 behind the passive income operating system, right? Exactly. All right, let's, let's as we wrap this up, I do want to, you know, bring into the fact that there's a long-term outlook here and we all have kind of a viewpoint of what's going to happen and why that impacts the decisions we're making around this area. Eric, what's your long-term outlook? Yeah, Russ, have you ever seen the movie, The Matrix? I have. Yeah, there's a part in that movie where I think the gentleman's name is Morpheus. He uh, asks Neo, you know, blue pill or red pill? I mean, you've got to make this choice. If you make one choice or the other, you, you have sealed your fate in one direction or the other direction. And if you're one of my coaching clients, you have seen this. I've used this many times. When we're talking about a subject like this, we find ourselves in the fortunate position that we've come to this decision, this why in the road that requires decision. And we're not choosing between bad and worse or against permanency. We are actually choosing between better and best for that moment. And so there's no stress in whether I'm making a life or death decision here. We're literally choosing between what's better and best in this moment. Hmm. And one year from now, that answer may change and we come to that same why in the road again and we can choose to go the other way. So it's just the flexibility of this thing and to know that you're making these good decisions for your future is just an incredible opportunity that we have and thankful to be a part of it. I, I like that analogy, but, but also I, I kind of hear you when we're saying long-term outlook, you're just saying, hey, I don't have Jerome Powell's speed dial. I just don't know. So I like the ability to go back and forth. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. 100% very easily can move from one to the other. How about for you, Stallion? What's what's your long-term outlook? I'll tell you what. For me, it's getting more and more complex The as you and I continue to grow. And we've bought three policies this year from other people. And not to mention the policies we buy on ourselves and on our our families. I mean, even as now we're we're talking about strategies to increase the coverage you and I have on each other, it becomes more complex. It gives me more reason to continue. But secondly, the higher that line of credit gets with the bank, meaning the more policies that I have uh, collateralized with them, I'm able to negotiate lower rates. Even when the interest rates are rising, I'm able to get lower rates because 
of the volume that they have now collateralized. And I think, you know, that to me gives me more reason to continue and more reason not to really fret, so to speak. And, uh, you know, to look forward to when Jerome Powell does call me back and, and say, Hey, I, I got good news for you, but until then I'll just keep rocking. You're in the jumbo great category. Sounds like. Yeah. There's, there's still room to grow. <laughs> jumbo loves. How about for you, Mark? For me, long-term, there has to be a, a potential exit, right? It's it's all about options. It's all about knowing what you can and can't do, like to Eric's point. And so if you do have these set up and you do see the rates rising or you do see things moving in a way that you, you may not particularly be comfortable with, know that you don't actually have to unwind everything. You can actually unwind a policy. So let's say you've got three contracts that have been collateralized at a bank and you're thinking, you know what? These three in here, maybe I, I, I want to take some of this back because I, I want to play the um, interest cost averaging. I, I, I need to help myself out. So you could actually pull one back. And so what I did this past year when I added an additional uh, life insurance contract on myself, rather than collateralizing that at one of the two banks I have, because I have some of my stuff, which is all business. And so that's a super simple, everything that comes out of that is purely for business. And I have another one which is my personal emergency use side. And so rather than collateralizing this new one in, I knew that this was a life insurance contract and it would be at about 5%. I knew that the rates that I was being charged within the collateralization were at say, you know, six or seven moving up. I said, well, why don't I just keep this one out as a science experiment? And now that I know what the fixed cost is for this one, max loan that, pay down the more expensive one, and now I get now I capture the differential. And so that's all to say, keep your options open. Nelson wanted us to think creatively, to think independently, and to try to see around the corner as far as you can. Here's a way to split the middle. Maybe you keep some that are uh, individually held, and maybe you collateralize some other ones because of some simplicity and some efficiency. Don't feel like it's a this or that. What about the third option? So good. Isaac Newton, one day, eating an apple, threw it up in the air, and he observed that the apple fell straight to the ground, right? He he looked at it. It didn't go sideways. It didn't keep going up. It came back down. I think that that is where we are with interest rates. I think because of observations of watching interest rates over the last 20-some-odd years of being in the financial industry, better understanding how commercial banks make money that they are in essence dictating to the Federal Reserve what the rates are going to be, knowing that when interest rates are high, they actually bring in less money. They Their returns go down in higher interest rates environments. And because of that, Joey, my long-term outlook is that rates are going to come down. Maybe not as quick as they went up, but they're going to come down pretty quickly. And I don't know if that's 2024, 2025, but they're going to come back down. And so for me, I just got too much tied up into this process. So my long-term outlook is that they're going to come down. So me bouncing out of this process, out of taking off these loans uh, from the bank and going back to the insurance company just to reconfigure it, you know, six months down the road, 18 months down the road, that makes sense. So my long-term outlook is I'm going to stay with the gravitational theory of Isaac Newton uh, will apply to interest rates as well. So it goes up, we'll come down. So Russ, 
just to be clear, are you claiming to be Isaac Newton in the situation or the apple? Well, I mean, if you could see a picture that I'm looking at of Isaac Newton alive right now, like if I had the flowing locks like Isaac Newton, I would say yes, but I do not, right? I, I do not possess that, so I will not it's claim It's just a bold it. comparison. I'm just I'm just going to go out there and say it. It's a bold comparison. I, I, can go, I will say this. I bet you I could throw a, a, an apple a day or higher than Isaac Newton. I have never met the guy, you know? Wow. 400 years ago. Adapt. Okay. But I, I think I got a better arm than Isaac. I'm just going to tell you that. Uncle Rico now. Okay. <laughs> all right i hope this helped you like if you had that question in your mind and you were thinking what should i be doing if i've taken out a lot of credit against these life insurance policies do i have to take a lot of credit out against these life insurance policies just because you were doing it the answer is no but we wanted to give you input to help you um, know maybe how to make decisions again it's all about frameworks the more you know the more you know what to do thank you for listening take time to rate review the show share it with somebody else if they're um, in the same situation as you, maybe this will help them get closer on their path to becoming financially free. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.